Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that knows and understands all the rules and we do not feed our gremlins after midnight. My name is Drew, I'll be your host for the evening, along with me is my brother Pete. How's it going? And with us, as always, is our producer extraordinaire, Ryan, who salutes as he always does. Tonight, everybody, is our Halloween episode. So, it's Halloween week, happy Halloween, everybody. I hope we have costumes and trick-or-treating planned, and if I know me, I'll be standing there uh, with a adult beverage on someone's lawn watching my kids scamper off to houses getting uh, the candy from the neighbors. So, uh, why don't we talk about what we're watching first? Sounds good. Um, I've been watching The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. I watched the trailer for this. Okay, yeah. Um, how about this? In preparation for this show, I kind of was looking for, like, scary movie news, scary movie trailers, things that I might not have seen. And I remember seeing a clip for this when I was browsing through Netflix the other day. And I'm like, what's this? And I was kind of looking for something else. So I yeah. kind of skipped over it. And then when I was prepping for the show... I watched the trailer, so tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty good so far. I really like me a good haunted house story, so that's kind of what it is. It's really, if you've seen the trailer, it's very well produced, um, and it's kind of similar to, um, if, you, if you're familiar with the book or the movie It, it's kind of like that, where there's a supernatural event that happens during the main character's past. So this is a show that takes place around a family who lived together in this haunted house and it shows kind of events that happen with the haunting as they were children but also simultaneously it flashes back and forth to the future where the characters are dealing with all these different personal problems and issues um, that I think are somehow linked to their past. I'm so. glad you said that because that makes the trailer make way more sense <laughs> to me. Um, it looked like a it kind of a thing with yeah. the adult versions dealing with these childhood issues that they had exactly. getting to see both sides of the story. But I didn't think it was as clear in the trailer as yeah, for sure. it could have been, so mm-hmm. that makes more sense. Um, it almost looked like it almost looked a lot like the movie Identity. Okay. Uh, with John Cusack, where they're all trapped in the hotel, and then one of them's a I've killer. Ever seen it, actually, but... you'd really like okay. that. John Cusack, Amanda Peet. It's and I'm blanking on the rest of the cast right now, but it's a big cast. Okay, awesome. I'll have you'd to really check like it out. That. Um, but yeah, so far the show it's pretty good. It's uh, you can tell there's a bigger mystery going on. Like there's, cer- I've seen two episodes so far. In the first two episodes, there's a- certain events that have happened that haven't been explained, but they haven't really. My only criticism is they haven't really shown where they're headed with it, so I'm going to keep watching to find out what's going on, but there's kind of just, I can't really tell what's going on yet, and some of the futuristic, or (laughs) futuristic, some of the events taking place in the future 
uh, part of the show. Is it the future or present day? Since present present day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just calling it future for lack of a better term, but you're right. Mm-hmm. In the present tense of the show, some of the events going on are kind of seem more of just like a typical drama while the events in the past are more horror. So I kind of was hoping it'd be horror through and through, but it might take a turn in that direction eventually. So right on. all in all, I can say that I'm really glad that this show is going for kind of a classical horror vibe for the most part, as opposed to some of the other horror shows like American is it American Horror Show? I American Horror Story? Yes, okay, I was completely blind. American Horror Show, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so that show, sometimes I feel like it's not so much horror as just trying to pack as much disturbing imagery and events into one show. And well, with American Horror Story, for me, I always... In the, I haven't watched every season. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched most of Freak Show. Um, I watched... I watched the first season and I watched some of the season of Asylum because I have an issue with environments. Okay. For me, certain environments I find more scary than other yeah. environments. So a uh, couple environments that I have a problem with, creepy hospitals and basements. So you're going to make do an American Horror Story that takes place entirely in a creepy hospital. Yeah. So I watched part of it and I was like, nope, can't handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it always seems to me that they're it's not that they're telling stories that are meant to be disturbing so much as they're just telling stories. Yeah. And they happen to have disturbing images. Like, Freak Show, I felt for all those characters. Like, they didn't seem like... I mean, they were not bad people. They were not horrific mm-hmm. monsters. They were not... Like, I felt for them as characters. That's just the lives that they unfortunately were living because of what they are. Right on. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know if I really ever looked at American Horror Story as a horror and the, and show the, so much as it just has horror elements. And that's the, that's the only <laughs> thing, is I actually do like a lot of the stories they tell in that show. I just feel like... I went in expecting, like, a horror where they're going to try to scare you, and it, a lot of... I haven't seen every season either, but a lot of what I've seen, it's not always that. Right. But, uh, and that's one thing where this The Haunting of Hill House... I'm kind of attracted to the fact that they are attempting kind of a classical haunted house. Sort sure, of they're trying to scare story. you. Yes, exactly. So, okay, very cool. Um, well, I unfortunately did not get a chance to watch anything this week because I was way too busy because life happens. But right on. by the time this episode drops, it'll be Halloween week. Mm-hmm. So hopefully by the next week after Halloween, <laughs> I'll have time to have watched some scary movie, which I will then report on. That sounds great. <laughs> so that's my plan. But it's Halloween. So are we dressing up? Do you have a costume? Do you have anything planned? <laughs> this is uh, one of the few years that I uh, do not have anything planned. Uh, last year, I had a pretty epic Babadook costume that I put together. <laughs> but uh, this year, I don't have any idea. So I might go as I might buy a... Uh, random black cloak and go as a dark Jedi. I'm not really sure. I'm trying to put it together right now, but how about you? Do you have any ideas? Yeah, so my son is wants to be Ant-Man for Halloween. So he's got the Ant-Man costume and he said I had to be a Marvel character. (laughs) I would have picked something completely different. I was like, do I have to be Marvel? Thinking, ooh, Star Wars or something else, you know what I mean? But he's like, no, you have to be Marvel. So I'm going to be Deadpool. Um, I got the costume. It's good. My Actually, my favorite part about the Deadpool costume is the mask. Mm-hmm. Because if you watch the Deadpool movies, there's times that, like, you can see Deadpool, like, wearing the mask in, like, just normal clothes. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
I kind of just want to wear it all the time and just have it on and like you know you're yeah. wearing a hoodie and the mask is just there and you just have the <laughs> you know what I mean you just have the hood up and yeah. it's like oh that's Deadpool under there because I think it's funny <laughs> or you could be so, uh, Bob Ross Deadpool that'd be pretty great too yeah <laughs> <laughs> either way I mean it's just funny so yeah. um, I'm kind of curious why uh, you didn't decide to be like Ant Man just as a different size so you guys both could be oh, Ant Man like no. transformation <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Well, because there was the one year he wanted to be the Flash, and he told me I had to be the other Flash. Nice. Because if you know DC Comics, there's multiple Flashes. Yeah. So I was like, that's awesome. And then I was like, we can walk single file, and it'll look like we're he's just running faster. Right on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, that's... Uh, man, I w- that's, that's messed up. I could have been Giant Man, and he could have yep. been Ant-Man. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, well, that's all good. How about you, Ryan? Are you dressing up at all? No, nah, just shaking he, his head. He silently shakes his head <laughs> from his dark cell. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to some news. Uh, because it's Halloween, we figured we're going to make this all scary movie, TV, that kind of stuff. So uh, one of the first things that caught my attention when I was digging up news for this episode um, is they're making a Chucky TV series or a Child's Play TV right. series. Have you seen anything about this? Uh, I've kind of heard rumblings of it. I don't really know any specific details. Okay, so I've seen, I think, like, the first... I think I know that I've seen the first two Child's Play movies. Right. Most people have seen at least one of the Child's Play movies, because now they're up to, like, you know, the Bride of Chucky and the Seed of Mm -hmm. Chucky, and then the final one was the Cult of Chucky. Right. Okay? Um, Don Mancini, who is, like, one of the writers who's been, like, with the series, like, the whole time... He said that uh, the Chucky television series is going to pick up after the cult of Chucky. And he said that um, they left lots of cliffhangers open <laughs> okay. on purpose. Yeah. That they they were planning on... So any of the cliffhangers that were left in Cult of Chucky or any of the like plot holes or like unclosed story arcs were meant to be there knowing that they were doing the television series. Okay, that's awesome. So they're planning on cleaning all that stuff up. Um, So I wanted to, I thought that was kind of interesting. I've actually seen Cult of Chucky and uh, what's kind of cool is the last two Chucky movies, um, Cult of Chucky and Curse of Chucky, I think, kind of felt separated from the previous ones. Like if you watch the child play movies, uh, by the time you get to Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, they kind of get really silly. Like, they become kind of these really silly, like, puppet movie starring sure. puppets, essentially. And by the time you get to Curse of Chucky, it seems like they tried to get away from that a little bit. So they kind of went back to, like, more of a serious <clears throat> horror movie. Um, there's only one Chucky in Curse of Chucky who's kind of terrorizing um, a small group of people. And then uh, when you get to Cult of Chucky, it's basically a bunch of Chucky clones that are terrorizing, like, a mental institution. And it's... it's so, like, so, like, Chucky gremlins? <laughs> to an extent. Because <laughs> that's the cult of Chucky is, like, the multiple Chuckies, which, going into it, I thought either A, Chucky was going to have a group of people, like, a cult of people worshipping him and following his, his every move, or it was going to bring in the bride of Chucky, um... The seed of Chucky, all that, but it was really just a bunch of they just uh, really rolled duplicate. That, yeah, so I will say, and I don't want to give too much away, but at the end of of Cult of Chucky, they actually bring in um, aspects from the Bride and Seed of Chucky into right. the end of it. So you end up seeing that this is actually a sequel 
to all those previous movies. So they're, they're all actually connected in one story, which a lot of horror movies don't go on that r- long before rebooting. So it's kind of yeah, cool. That's, uh, yeah, they did make a really good... They did make a long stretch on mm-hmm. those films. Um, if you're listening to this and you don't know at all what we're talking about, <laughs> um, the original Child's Play movie is about a kid who gets this doll for Christmas. Christmas? Or his birthday, or... I don't remember which. It was a yeah. gift. I don't remember if it was his birthday or Christmas, but he gets it as a gift, and the doll's possessed and comes to life and starts killing mm-hmm. people. Um, which, for most of us, it scared us from certain toys. <laughs> yeah. There was a... Uh, when we were kids, there was a commercial for this girl's doll. For, like, this... It was, like, the... It's, like, this ballerina doll. Okay. okay? And it's, like, this lifelike ballerina. And... The whole point was it, like, danced on its own. Now, when we were kids, it wasn't the best, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, toy. It didn't, like, dance as realistic as probably maybe a toy today if they were to make it with, you know, technology and robotics and that kind of stuff. But the commercial for this toy was stop motion uh, of this ballerina doll. T- that commercial terrified me. Not necessarily because of the Chucky movies, but the commercial itself was yeah. just terrifying (laughs) which actually brings me into something i was thinking because with the uh, first few child's play movies i think what really creeped a lot of people out is how the puppet or animatronic doll whatever they used for chucky's character the way he moved and everything it was just so creepy because it was like this rubber puppet essentially talking english and stuff and that the sort of uh what do they call it? Uh, uncanny Valley of the whole thing is like what oh, really like right. creeps okay. people out, and it makes me curious with the new show. What uh, are they? Are they going to use real animatronics or real puppets, or is it all going to be CG? What, you know, be interesting is I feel like a show like that would probably do say. Um, I could see them doing real animatronics for some close-up stuff mm-hmm. because, I mean, that's – honestly, that's some of the things that made Chucky the scariest. It's no different than, like, in Terminator when you see, like, the stop-motion real animatronics yeah. um, right at the end when he comes back for that final scare. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. um, I can see them doing that and maybe some CG stuff for some wide shots and things. But, yeah. you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, what I, what's really cool is I'm all for this. I mean, I might not watch it. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I might look at that and go, yeah, that's not really my cup of tea. But what I can say is, um, like, HBO had True Blood, which was their vampire series. That was amazing. Um, The Evil Dead movies got a television series, Ash vs. The Mm -hmm. Evil Dead. It ran for three seasons, but the whole show was fantastic. Oh, yeah. it was funny. It was violent. It was gory. It's like, if you liked the movies, Evil, <laughs> if you liked the Evil Dead yeah. movies, you'll love the show. Um, it's kind of sad that it went, but it served its purpose and it had its time in the sun and it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was weird. The second season to me was odd and I had to stop watching it for like a month because it ran for so long. Like, it wasn't a long season. It just ran for X number of weeks, Mm -hmm. and it, like, almost up to Christmas. So I'm watching, like, horror television at Christmas time, and I just felt really weird doing it. (laughs) So I kind of stopped, waited till the holidays were over, and then finished the season out. Mm -hmm. So That's hilarious. uh, I've seen part of the uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead series, about half of the first season, and I fell off for some reason, but I need to pick it back up, but... It's it's great. It like picks off right where Army of Darkness leads off and then goes into like well, this not awesome only that, show and not only that, the first episode 
had this great bit where he was explaining. So Ash is expl- Ash, the main character, is explaining to Pablo, the new like sidekick character. Yeah, what's really going on? And they're in like the stock room at like the Walmart that they work at. And behind him on the boxes, they use the boxes as like the canvas to show the old footage from the original movies. Yeah. To explain what's going on. So while he's narrating the oh, story, right. like, I remember that, yeah, I went yeah. to the camp, I went to the cabin and I found the book and blah, blah, blah. Like it's all behind him mm-hmm. on the boxes. And I thought that was amazing. I'm like, how cool is that yeah. little bit? So yeah, from what I saw, I remember the first episode, I think, cause I was reading the credits was directed by Sam Raimi. And so right. like, I think that one was my favorite out of what I saw, but the guy directing the rest of the shows was pretty great too. So Ryan, did you watch any of the evil dead films? No? Okay. Are you a big horror movie guy? Scary movie? All right. Ryan's just nodding and shaking his head here. (laughs) Um, I will say, even though that series is done, though, I'll be very surprised if that's the last we've seen of Ash or the Evil Dead. Oh, no. Yeah, that's definitely not the last we've Mm -hmm. seen of those. So hopefully... (laughs) I I agree. Hopefully it's all coming back. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, So, uh, Pet Cemetery. There's a new Pet Cemetery movie coming. Uh, We both watched the trailer right before we... um, started recording so what do you think of the trailer like just reactions i think uh the trailer was really cool i think it uh it kind of just conveyed a very scary environment it didn't really go into specific jump scares it didn't really ruin there was one a jump lot of scare. the movie you know um, there, there was one jump scare in the trailer and i shook my head at it <laughs> I, don't, I can't i can't even remember that jump um, scare but it's they're standing outside like the new the house oh right and the mom is it. just holding the kid and she turns and like as she's like she doesn't like she turns towards the camera and then behind her a semi drives by and she <laughs> right. jumps and i was like come on yeah yeah i kind of shook my head at that part too but i liked that they didn't give away too much of the story with all this being said i've actually never seen the original pet cemetery so i don't have any previous knowledge to pet cemetery out. the original came out at a time where I was young when it came out, and I remember like thinking to myself, "This is not for me." Okay. Um, and just being kind of disturbed by it, so mm-hmm. I didn't watch it until very late in my life. And I mean, it was okay. I don't think I bought into it the way like the rest of the world did at the time. Mm-hmm. But this one doesn't. This trailer. This is clearly a teaser trailer. There's nothing there. Like, I felt like it, it looked like any horror movie I'd ever seen. It didn't look like anything special. It didn't look like That's anything. True. Like, it didn't really show me anything that I didn't see in any other horror film. So, based on this initial trailer, I don't really know what to say about That's it. That's a good point. Because it's like, if you did not know, if it had no Stephen King title attached to it, would you care just First off, first off, right take away the Stephen King title so we don't, it's, it's named something else. Yeah. And take away the fact that it said based on a Stephen King story. Yeah. Take that away and just watch it as a trailer by itself. It just looks like every horror movie I've ever seen. That's Very true. kind of culty too, with the people walking into the woods See, with the, the masks part, on and stuff. That was my favorite like, part. Was the creepy kids and in the wool. In you the know, woods. I I never read Pet Cemetery. My reading of Stephen King, like I've read a handful of his books, but I never read Pet Cemetery. And Pet Cemetery, um, like when you sorry, not Pet Cemetery, but it like. There's talk about how the like the new movie was really faithful to a point mm-hmm. because there's another it coming and it kind of takes place in two parts. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, does this movie are they trying to go? Well, we we had this really cool thing with it where we did our best to be faithful to at least half the book because we have a second half coming. Mm-hmm. Are we going to try and do stuff like that with 
But is Pet, Pet Cemetery that kind of story? Because it is totally well. It doesn't like ha- well, It doesn't have to be two parts. Yeah. I'm saying, are we going to try and do Pet <coughs> Cemetery and be as faithful as possible? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that makes me wonder. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Not too much else to say uh, about it. I guess. <laughs> um, you found some Hellboy footage. Okay. Yeah. So. I think it was at New York Comic Con, they had a Hellboy panel, and they had a full-on Hellboy trailer for the new movie. Um, if you don't know, they did, are not continuing Hellboy 1 and Hellboy 2, the movies that already came out, the Ron Perlman right, starring so, Guillermo del Toro directed So movies. let's back up a yes. second here. Guillermo del Toro, who is well-known for like The Shape of Water, because he just won an Oscar for it. But he directed movies like Pan's Labyrinth and other horror films like The Orphanage and whatnot. Um, um, he did the Hellboy series, which is a comic book series about a demon from hell that... How do, how do I word this? It's not like he's... He's basically the good guy, but... You want to help me out here? So, Hellboy is a... I know um, what it is. I've seen the movies. Yeah. I've read some of the comics, but I'm like trying to explain Hellboy yeah, as he's, a character. Um, he's a demon from hell that was uh, found by like a group of uh, World War One or two soldiers. He was like forced and he was, to our plane of existence. Yeah, and he ended up kind of being raised by like an underground government um, agency yes, his whole you. life. Thank and you. Uh, he ends up working for the government and for the American people fighting off supernatural threats. But little did we know the whole time his real purpose, when he was born, he was actually supposed to bring on the apocalypse. So that becomes like kind of in the first movie you see where he has to make the choice whether am I going to fulfill my destiny of destroying this world or am I going to continue yeah, to be and a these good were, guy? And these were... This was Hellboy. Ron Perlman yes. played Hellboy. Exactly. And the new Hellboy is David Haybor from Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yeah. Hopper the, from Stranger Things, yeah, essentially. The, yeah, Hopper from Stranger Things. Yeah, so... Uh, they, how, how about this? Hopper in the full costume, makeup, everything? He looks like Hellboy. So <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, so at New York Comic Con, they debuted the trailer for it. And uh, it was at a panel. And obviously, it's one of these panels where they have very stringent rules about not bringing in phones, not bringing in cameras. You have to just watch it and see it. And none of this can be leaked. You know, It's something where I imagine they don't. But I'd imagine they want everybody to sign an NDA contract when they enter the panel yeah. room. Anyways, somebody did... I've been to a couple movie screenings like that. Oh, yeah? Like, at the door, they watched us turn our phones off. Nice. So they're like, you have to turn your phone off in front of me. Or they could do it like an escape room where they lock your phones all in like a chest or something outside. But uh, at a a convention, that would obviously be way too hard to keep track of. Anyways, um, somebody did record this trailer in the... uh, in the panel room and it's very bad footage it's a vertical vertically filmed cell phone footage of the trailer i couldn't hear what was going on very well but i could see a lot what was going on what i can say is david harbour looks great in the makeup otherwise i'm kind of confused because i had heard that supposedly this movie is going to be more horrific than the last ones it's going to be darker than the last ones and more just focusing on kind of the crazy monster movie aspects of Hellboy. What I saw was a movie that was the same tone as the first two movies, which I loved. Like, I love the first two movies, but it didn't seem to be a different take. It was like another action comedy Hellboy movie. So it looks good, but it doesn't look different enough, I think. So 
That's about I all I can I, really say. I never saw it. the second Hellboy. I only saw the oh, first Oh, really? One. Yeah, I never oh, saw okay, the second man. one. Um, you I, need to see that. That was. I, I think I like the second one better. And it's but. that's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I'll get around to watching it. And it just never <laughs> did. I really liked the first mm-hmm. one a lot. Um, so I didn't think it was as scary as I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Like, I think I went in expecting it to be scary because of the subject matter. And it ended mm-hmm. up being more of like the standard comic book superhero yeah. movie. But... The um, second just one because I, it was, I mean, it, that's technically horror comics, and then you know. Yeah, exactly. So. The second one I can say is, uh, it's a lot more comedic, but it's like it has it does what a lot of sequels do, where it's a lot more action packed. But another thing is just the practical effects and the creatures in this movie are just so creative and well done. So I definitely think. Oh, you cool. need to did, watch. did Del Toro do that? Yep, he did. He did the okay. second one too. So all right, and it really sucks because how the second Hellboy ends. You can totally tell they he just want uh, Guillermo del Toro just wanted to do a sequel and it just it's never oh. gonna happen. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, so that unfortunately that brings us to, like to the end of the news. Yep. Um, so we're kind of moving along a little bit quicker than normal. Um, so what we're gonna do is you want to move on to the list? Sounds great. Because I could actually talk about some of these for a while, so we could actually be on the list for a little bit. Um, so this is our Halloween list. Uh, Pete and I talked heavily about if we wanted to make it kind of niche and go zombie films or vampire films or slasher films. And I just figured for a first Halloween episode, we should just do scary movies in general, which made this really difficult. Yes. Um, I, I would agree. This was one of the hardest lists to put together, and it's just because I love so many horror movies so well, much i just had a so hard time picking you can you can walk up to me and say what are your top five favorite movies of all time <clears throat> period and i could probably name two and then <laughs> i would just blank out and not have right. any clue what else to say um so and that's a, that's always really hard and what i think is interesting is when we do these lists in general you know, when you ask me on the spot like what's the what are your top five anything i'm always not sure what to put in the fifth slot Okay. Um, so, and I find myself, when I'm doing these lists for the show, I'm always finding myself having an easier time filling that fifth slot than if we were just having a random conversation at, like, yeah. Thanksgiving or something. So, um, there's so many movies I want to talk about tonight, <laughs> right and on. unfortunately, we have a uh, rule on how many movies yeah. we can discuss. And then so. I also, I know this is going to come up, but I just want the audience to keep in mind these are our personal favorites, so... While compiling my list, I did think about, like, which movies progressed the genre and which movies were a critical success, but some movies I just like a lot, and they might not be, you know, the worldwide favorites, but I just love the movie, so I had to no, make I it know. to my list, um, you know? In terms of, okay, before we jump on the actual list itself, and I know we're moving into list territory, but um, let's talk about what what are some things that, like, terrify you in terms of watching movies? Right on. Um, so I'm because, actually because a lot of the movies I chose on my list have to a lot of it have to do with things that like terrify me. Okay. So and I was and, and not necessarily terrify me like because some of them are just like wow that's I seriously have issues with that and right. that's why I like that movie so much, you know because a lot of time we watch these movies, we watch scary movies because we want to be scared we want to be on the yeah. roller coaster so. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, so I think a lot of what really scares me is, uh, 
I guess a lot of the psychological evils and actually like kind of the evils of humanity when it comes down to the concept that a person could do like these evil things. So that's like some of my movies do incorporate those ideas and it does really terrify me. With that being said, a lot of my movies are actually I chose just because of the creativity behind the story or the imagery in some of them. And they honestly don't scare me at all. They're just horror movies right. I really like. So. Um, I mentioned the environments. Yeah. You know, like creepy hospitals terrify the right. terrify the crap out of me. Like when I'm watching anything and there's like, <laughs> you know, you're in a hospital and you turn the corner and there's a flickering light and you're just like, okay, what oh, else? Yeah. Is, you know, there's a lot of doors in hospitals and there's a lot of sharp objects mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? It just really unnerves me. I don't have a problem with needles, just creepy hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basements. <laughs> right. Like basements in general, like that's really, those are, that's great. you know, that, you know, and then suddenly you have a movie about a ho- uh, creepy basement in yeah. a hospital and you're just like, what? <laughs> I guess that's, it's all true because there are, uh, thinking about my list, not to build up too much hype, but yeah, there are some of my, pick, the, of my picks that... I find scary just specifically because of the environments that they build up in right. there. So now I also, for me, so there tends to be. I feel like there's two types of scares in horror movies, yeah. and so there's the jump scare. There's the you know they're going to startle you. So when you're watching these movies, it's the bah, you mm-hmm. know, and you jump in your seat, and then there's you know, and you're just like, wow, that really scared me. Well, no, it startled you. Yes. Where I'm watching a movie. And I'm psychologically disturbed yeah. because I'm so wrapped up into the story and my brain is filling in gaps that it has to because not that they're not showing it. It's mm-hmm. more of a we're showing you everything, but your brain is twisting it in your own little way and it's scaring you even more. Sometimes it's what they don't show you on screen. Exactly. So um, I also I actually find the psychological scary or the psychological horror way more entertaining Okay. You know, um, I've had, I can't tell you how many zombie nightmares I've had from watching The Walking Dead. Have you? Oh, I've had tons of zombie really? nightmares. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's like, I'll be, I'll be watching Walking Dead and I'll wake up and, like, I'll wake up the next morning and it's never, like, a nightmare <laughs> that, like, wakes me up like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's usually one of those nightmares where I'm like, yeah, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. But it's like these – and some of it's not – and some of the nightmares aren't zombie nightmares in terms of I'm being chased by zombies. Some of it's the survival part of Walking Dead yeah. that that's the dream and you're like with a group of friends trying to survive. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. – yeah. So I, if the movies – if a movie or a television series is going to make me do that, that's usually the ones that, you know, really right gets, on, yeah. really sit with me. So mm-hmm. – um, Let's start with honorable mentions. Sounds great. Uh, do you want me to start this week? Well, this was kind of a joint list, so it doesn't yeah. really matter who starts. So <laughs> oh, I um, can start. I have I'm a feeling, start. if I had to guess, there's a chance that we match one movie tonight. We'll see. And if we don't, we're not matching anything. Interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I just have a feeling we're not. We're probably going <laughs> to have completely different lists. Fair enough. So um, go ahead. Yeah, okay. you can do the first honorable mention. Yeah, so my first honorable mention is Drag Me to Hell. So we were. You know what's funny? What? All right, before you talk about this, you knew I was going to pick this movie. I knew you were going to pick this movie. I knew it was going to fall somewhere (laughs) on our discussion. Yes. Um. But no, go ahead. Okay. So I was talking about uh, Sam Raimi a little bit ago. Um, creating the Evil Dead movies. Yeah. I love Sam Raimi as a director. I think he's really, really talented. Um, some people might give him some flack for Spider-Man Three, but I think. Most of the other projects he's been involved in have been great. I do not blame Spider-Man 3 on Sam Raimi. Yeah. 
I fully blame the studio for making Sam Raimi do with stuff that he didn't want to do. Exactly. However, um, that's a very difficult movie to defend. <laughs> so, Go ahead. So Drag Me to Hell is a movie that uh, Sam Raimi and his brother Ivan Raimi uh, wrote together actually before he ever worked on any of the Spider-Man movies. But the movie didn't come out till 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. I love this movie because I think it's one of the most... It's probably the most fun I've ever had watching a horror movie. Like, the way this it feels watching this movie is the way it feels going through a haunted house. So a lot of the parts are laughable, but they also have so many jump scares that get you. Um, and it's just... Uh, that, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought a little bit. So the story centers around a girl who works as a loan officer for a bank. Okay. And she's trying to get a uh, promotion really bad. And getting a promotion she kind of has to be tough on some of the clients which causes her to be very tough on this old gypsy woman who proceeds to curse the girl so shortly after the gypsy woman curses the girl because she wouldn't approve her loan she gets attacked in a uh, parking garage when she's going into her car and if you watch that scene specifically the parking garage scene it is one of the best kind of like scare scenes just the way it's directed the whole thing starts with uh kind of watching this old woman's handkerchief outside of the car kind of like float past your field of vision. And as it flows past you, you're uh, sitting in the perspective of the girl in the front seat and she follows the uh, scarf. And as she turns around, she sees that this old gypsy woman is sitting in her back seat. And it proceeds to be this awesome action, like scary scene that goes on. Um, otherwise, besides that scene, which I love, there's just a lot of really fun imagery in it um, to the point where, like, the girl ends up going to this old woman's funeral. There's a crazy funny scare there. There's this part where the girl actually has to dig up the, the woman from a grave because to uh, try to counteract this curse that's being put on her. There's a really funny really cool horror scene there um and all in all the movie just kind of has the feel of an old ec horror comic kind of like a tales from the crypt sort of thing and that's what i love and seeing this movie it just makes me really wish that uh sam raimi would do more of these like just random horror movies just out of nowhere because i had a really great time with this one so nice yeah yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my first honorable mention that I'm going to talk about is the house on the haunted. Sorry, house on haunt. Why I'm blanking on this. The house on haunted hill. Yeah, the house on haunted hill. <laughs> right on. Um, this was a. There was an original with Vincent Price mm -hmm. back in the day. I own that one and I own the remake, but. Um, and the, the original is a classic, and I love the movie a lot, but I'm specifically mentioning the remake in this one. Um, the What I liked about this movie is this is that psychological thing yeah. where, and I think when I saw the original, this was, it was the issue of it being so, um, with the age of the film, I didn't find it as scary. Okay, yeah. Um, like when you watch like Nosferatu, um, it's one of the greatest vampire movies of all time. But because it's a silent film, it's not as scary. Yeah, I to today's agree standards. With that. Um, if we were to do a vampire list, Nosferatu probably makes my list somewhere because of the iconography of it. Right on, yeah, um, and that's what it is. It's like the imagery of Nosferatu lives on right, so vividly. Right. But I know what you mean. You so, don't feel as so scared to while today's it. standards. I didn't feel that the House on Haunted Hill original was nearly as. Uh, it doesn't scare me the way the new one does. Now yeah. the new one. 
my one problem with it is once you see the final like scare, like the actual like creature, <laughs> ghost, yeah. whatever you want to call it, that's where I lost. That's where the movie lost me. When you see it, for when you see the big ghost at the end, you're just like, oh, <laughs> everything else leading up to this moment was amazing. Yeah. Like um, the script is really cool. It's it's funny, but not funny because they're trying to be comedic. It's because of Chris Kattan. Um, as an actor, he's in the movie, and he's not trying to be funny. He's just delivering the lines straight. And they're really funny because of how he's saying his lines. It's like in uh, Zombieland when uh, Bill Murray is dying in the movie, and uh, Emma Stone's character is just cracking up even though she, he's dying right in front of right, her. Because right. like, she can't yeah. help. He's just so hilarious. Right, and Chris Kattan, he's just, he's just dealing all his lines straight. He's not trying to be funny. He's mm-hmm. just trying to be a straight man, and it's playing... Comedically, right on. Um, but no, it's basically these people. Have you seen the movie? I've never seen this the whole way through. So, so this like this rich guy, his wife wants to have a birthday party, and she's invited her friends to stay at. They're gonna spend the night in this abandoned hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always a good that's idea. apparently haunted. Now you had. Now I told you already that I have problems with creepy hospitals. Right. So they're gonna spend the night in this hospital that's apparently haunted, and that's that's what she wants to do for a birthday party because she's a big thrill seeker, right? So I've known people who said they want to do this, but but the thing, but, but the ghosts change the invitation. So everyone who's actually brought there is brought there for a reason based on their past connections and okay. you know maybe ancestors or you know what I mean there's some kind of a connection to the place oh that's kind of wild okay so she doesn't know anybody and she's like what you invited all these strangers to my birthday party and he's like what you gave me the invite list and these who showed <laughs> up like I didn't know um well so they all get trapped in the hospital overnight and that's when the ghosts like try and get them you know what nice. I mean like I guess that's the best way of wording it <laughs> But like I said, there's – and then there's a whole story as to what was really going on in the hospital before and creepy experiments with the insane patients and so on. And, of course, they have to go into the basement of the hospital, right. my other creepy environment problem. <laughs> so uh, this – I just thought the movie was really fun as a whole. And some of the – like the way they handle ghosts. Okay. So did you see the new Ghostbusters? Yeah. The newest one? Yes. Okay. If you look at the ghosts in the newest Ghostbusters compared to the ghosts in the original Ghostbusters, the original ghost ghosts looked amazing. Yep. Yeah. The new ones look too CGI. Yeah, too right? cartoony. So House on Haunted Hill, the ghosts look great. Like, they have that Ghostbusters, that original Ghostbusters look. They look like ghosts. They look, well, they look like ghosts. Like, we've all seen one, right? <laughs> so they look, they scare you enough in terms of, you know, you're not sure what you're really looking at. And, you know, they just did a really nice job of making awesome. the movie what it is. And it's really gory and it's terrifying. <laughs> and there's a couple jump scares, but I feel like the movie's more psychologically disturbing than there is jump scares. Nice. So... Again, my only problem is when you finally see get the, see the final entity that's haunting the um, house. That it's you know. My my only question is, it's a. Uh, There's a building, by the way, that I've driven past nearby that looks just like that house too. <laughs> so go ahead. That's great. Uh, the uh, it takes place in a hospital though. Yeah. So why is it a house on Haunted Hill? Just well, it's it was an insane asylum, so it's like a house. Oh, right on. Right. And and they did the experiments and whatnot, but um, they uh, but it's called Haunted Hill. Okay. Because of what was going on in 
you know. So. <laughs> I can dig it. Yeah. Sounds good. But no, you should check this movie out. Yeah. If you, I didn't. Sure. I didn't know you've never seen it. So. Nope. No, I. Uh, it came out around the same time as The Haunting, and for some reason I thought it was like a cheap knockoff of The Haunting, and then later on I learned about the Vincent Price movie. Kind of like. Kind of like. Uh, uh, Sixth Sense and uh, Stir of Echoes, <laughs> and I'll tell you, I thought Stir of Echoes, like, they're two movies about the same thing, and Stir of Echoes, in my opinion, was way better than the Sixth Sense, <laughs> mostly because I called Sixth Sense ten minutes in. Oh. Like, but then again, I had friends going, you're never going to see the ending, and ten minutes into the movie, I was like, oh... Hey, I, That's like, I you um, know I I straight called it and then I was angry at the movie for the rest of the time. So I'm not me, a big fan of that movie. It's the it reminds me of when I called the ending of Shutter Speed like ten minutes in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if you guys don't know, Shutter Speed is the uh, movie that Joey was supposed to be in Friends, where uh, oh he, right. he meets a girl and becomes in, <laughs> romantically involved, and the next day he goes to her house and an old lady it's answers like, the door. It's like she's been dead yeah, for ten seven, years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. uh, anyways, go on to my next one. Uh, my next honorable mention is It Chapter One, the yeah. 2017 the horror movie. The new one, movie, yeah. Yes. Um, so this makes my honorable mentions, I think, mostly because I'm afraid of having shiny to, shiny new toy syndrome. Like, I don't want it to be like, this is my favorite movie because it's so recent sort of thing. But uh, in general, I think this movie does a really good job of just creating this kind of uh, unexpectedly coming-of-age story similar to uh, The Goonies, Stranger Things, or Stand By sure. Me to go back a few uh, episodes but while also making like something genuinely scary, um, I've heard a lot of criticisms of these. This movie, where I guess the scares don't get everybody in this movie. Like a lot of people just didn't find it scary. But I thought the movie actually did pretty well. I know a lot. I know scares. a lot of people didn't find the movie scary either. Um, I have not watched it yet, <laughs> but um, everything I've seen, I'm just like, this looks great. Yes. I, I did not like the original It with Tim Curry at <laughs> right. all. By the time I saw it, I did not understand what everybody was like. Because like, people raved about it. Yeah. And when I finally saw it, I was like, what? This is mm-hmm. this is dumb. Mm-hmm. And I was just irritated with the movie. So <laughs> Right on. Uh, I'd say give this one a try. And like I said, the jump scares in the movie, uh, I thought were really good, actually. So um, another thing this movie does much better than the Tim Curry movie is... Uh, it really portrays Penny, Pennywise the Clown or It or whatever you want to call him. It really portrays him as like this unworldly being. Like this isn't, it's clear that this is just something else posing as a clown, whether it's a demon or some kind of monster from another world. And That's the, one of the criticisms I heard was they didn't really, there wasn't enough explanation as to what. But that's Pennywise. But I was. think that's part of the mystery is what makes it. Oh great. sure, no, I agree but with you. I'm just saying I heard that was a criticism I did. Hear. I think the movie shows what it needs to, and that is that this is something else, unknown, like otherworldly, that is very sinister, and that's kind of what causes the terror. And I feel like maybe the people criticizing it for that 
maybe aren't familiar with the book per se and mostly just familiar with the old miniseries. I'm not really sure. Right. Um, another really cool thing about this movie is just, uh, I think it's Bill Skarsgård who plays it. I get confused on the Skarsgård. The Skarsgårds and the Hemsworths right. and, the, um, <laughs> and the Baldwins. There's these giant families of actors. So the, go ahead. The actor, yeah, who plays, the actor who plays Pennywise, his performance is really good. Uh, one of the first lines he has is And the footage says, I've seen, I'll agree. One of the first lines he says, uh, it's, you know, that typical line, I'm Pen- Pennywise the Dancing Clown. But the way he delivers it is so like it creeped me out because it's just like the way he says dancing clown he just says it in a way that reveals like i am neither of these things and i'm something much more devious and i just loved that delivery so cool yeah yeah that's actually the movie i was going to try and watch for this week to say (laughs) that i watched a scary movie um but that's i'm planning on watching that so nice um do you have anything more to say about it before? That's I move about on? it. Yeah. All right. So the next movie on my list <laughs> is a movie called Quarantine. Cool. Have you seen this? I've never seen it. I've heard a lot about okay. it. Okay. I think I would love it. I just never actually quarantine. Took the quarantine. I don't. I don't. You know. I want to be kind about spoilers. And I know we've talked about how it's your fault that you haven't seen the movie yet. But no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be. I'll be careful here. So this is a golden gem from 2008. Like, you know, I was talking to someone about 2008 movies a long time ago, and everyone, you know, everyone remembers that The Dark Knight came out that year and Iron Man came out that year. Mm -hmm. And what they forget about is there's this movie called Quarantine that came out, and it's fantastic. It's basically, it's a found footage movie. So most people think found footage and they think of Blair Witch, and it's very shaky cam. So... There's a bit of shaky cam in this, but when you think about, but this is different where like that was, you know, Blair Witch has like amateur photography because they're kids with a camcorder. This is a news crew following, they're shadowing a fire department for the night. And when they're, so they're shadowing this fire department and they get a call to this apartment building because there's this woman who's sick or whatever. So they go check it out and she's... Like her being sick ends up like infecting other people, and then they're and then while they're inside, so while they're inside, the government and like CDC and whatever quarantines the building while the fire department and the news crew are in there. So the footage you get to watch for the whole movie is just the footage that the cameraman from the news crew captures. Oh, that's great, yeah. And it's. The movie, I mean, it's terrifying. One of the things that scares the crap out of me is viruses. <laughs> nice. Anything with like yeah. a little bug or a virus or whatever, even if it's a virus, even if it's, even if we're going to make it a virus that causes a zombie apocalypse, that's terrifying because like, and I'm not a germaphobe, but it's small and I can't see it yeah. and it's going to kill everything. That's... You know, that's something that really, like, gets me all the time. And I really, like, get riveted about that. There's a board game that I really like called Pandemic, mm-hmm. which is yeah, you, you play as a CDC team and you're trying to rid the world of viruses and mm-hmm. the way the viruses spread on the board. Like, it's awesome. It's re- reverse risk. But it's you're it's reverse the, risk. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a good yeah. way of wording it. But, like, that kind of stuff. So quarantine. And usually when you watch movies about virus takeovers or zombie apocalypse and stuff, it's always from like a government perspective and it's always from seeing 
from the outside in and you're just like, oh my God, don't touch that or don't drink that. It's been infected or you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And then like bad stuff happens. This is kind of the reverse. So you're the common man stuck in the quarantine with all the bad stuff. And, you know, when you think uh, War of the Worlds does that, where instead of showing the government perspective of the alien invasion, you're the common man dealing with the alien invasion and you're seeing it all from a perspective of we don't know anything and this is, you know, so... Um, that's often the scarier perspective. Yeah, and I don't want to tell you what the sickness or virus or whatever it is is because I w- hope you see the movie right. and be surprised. What I liked about Quarantine is that it's a very real thing. Okay, neat. Like, it's very real. It's an accelerated real, so there's a little bit of a fantasy element to it because they need it to be, but it's a very real thing. So it's violent, it's gory, it's... It's everything you want in a scary movie. And yeah, there's jump scares because it's a scary movie. What's not? But the psychological aspect is one of the best parts of the movie. That's awesome. So the way I've heard it described before um, is uh, it's a first person movie or a found footage movie done right. And uh, with your description, I think I'm hearing that. And it sounds like one of my pet peeves with found footage movies is when they change camera because who's going to edit this footage together, but it sounds like it just takes place from one camera the I'm whole pretty time. sure. I'm pretty sure it takes and place that, from one camera. And when you see stuff, um, I can't I can't remember. There's an end shot because now that you say that, it makes me question an, a bit, like the last shot of the film, yeah. like where that footage mm-hmm. came from. But I don't th- – But and now I'm questioning it in hindsight. <laughs> Fair enough. It's all <laughs> – Yeah, because that's like up until now, like Cloverfield's kind of like my end-all be-all for found footage stuff because it – it's all one camera the whole time, and it all makes sense yeah. that it would be edited together that way. And so I'm kind of curious to watch this one and see how it all plays Yeah, no, out. this one's a little more free-flowing, like, what is going on? And yeah. he's just keeping, and the camera is just keeping everything rolling. Mm-hmm. So Right on. Sweet. Yeah, all right. So what's your, so now we're moving to the actual the five. actual list. So Sweet. what do you got? So my first pick, and I'm going to let you tell me if this one counts or not, but I picked Alien. Yeah, no, okay. that picks. Sweet. It, how about this? The <laughs> Alien series in general made my short list, like mm. all of them, right because on. they're all they're technically horror movies. They're space horror movies, but um, to me, if I was going to pick one to be a horror movie, mm-hmm. it'd be the original. Right on. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's a it's a horror movie in space. That it's one specifically movie. is a haunted house in space. And it's got a monster and it's trying to kill exactly. everybody. Yeah, so go ahead. Um, I mean, if you go back to the 1986 episode where we were talking about the movie Aliens, we talked a little bit about this one. Um, I really enjoy this movie. I kind of teeter on whether I prefer the first Alien movie or Aliens as far as my favorite. But I always just really loved how we were just talking about, like, this is a gothic horror movie in space. This is a haunted house. This is a monster movie. Um, I really like... We're talking about things that scare us, the idea of isolation and just being kind of marooned out in space with no contact with anybody. Right. That's the, a the, very the tag, scary... The tagline was, in space, no one can hear you scream. Exactly. You and know? that's a very frightening sen- sentiment. Right. Oh, one of the things that I really like about the Alien series and any space horror film in general, like I yeah. like space horror a lot, mostly because when you're trapped on the ship with the monster... You have only so far to run. Mm-hmm. Like you're like there's only so far you can go, 
And, you know, it's no different when you're in the shower and you see a spider in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can't run very far in a shower. (laughs) uh, One of those house centipede scurries down the shower. Right, exactly. And you're just like, holy cow. Right. So, you know, that's it's the same kind of a thing. And, you know, you can't go very far. So, um, yeah, go ahead. I mean, Um, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. I just think it's really well done. I love uh the creature effects on this movie. Like you yes. still watch that one shot where uh, I think it's Ripley's standing there and the uh, alien's tail falls behind her in the background. Oh you yeah. Can correct and me that's if it's one of the other crew members, but you know what? That shot is still one of the most iconic shots in it, history. I think that's a, I film. think that's a different crew yeah, member, yeah. but I mean that kind of stuff and you know, it's going to get the person, but at the time that you see that happen, mm-hmm. you still don't know what the creature is yeah. because you don't, it's not until like almost the end of the movie that you don't get to see a good look at the creature. Right. So um, another really cool. Aspect. I haven't watched the first Alien in a very long time, but right. Mostly because every time I want to watch Aliens, I an Alien movie, I always watch Aliens. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, another really cool aspect of this is uh, if you watched Alien Covenant. Um, the I can't remember the android characters. David. Name. David. Okay, so his he's very fascinated with the xenomorphs, and he a big part of that movie is spoilers like him trying to create other life forms and other forms of the xenomorphs, and seeing what he can do with this specific species or virus, whatever you want to call it. The seeds for that was planted in the first Alien movie because if you yeah. watch it. The android in that movie was also very fascinated in the creatures, and he was actually trying to bring one back home to Earth. And I just think that's kind of a really cool aspect. Like, that's a thread that's been running through. Yeah, not just that, but all of the Alien movies have (laughs) some kind of a thread of the androids trying to do that. (laughs) Right on. Because they just have... It's a fascinating creature, and they just don't have that moral... Uh, compass to guide them, you know, right. away from bringing this creature that could destroy a whole population back to its home planet. Right. And the evolution of the creature is amazing too. With the, it's got you know the queen lays the egg and it gives birth to this like spider looking thing, which is called the face hugger, and it wraps its legs around your face and sticks a tube down your throat and then lays the egg inside your stomach. I know I talked about this on that one of the <laughs> yeah, episodes, yeah. right? And then the alien bursts out of the chest, and then the alien grows in your stomach and then bursts out of your chest, yeah. and then that becomes the worker. Like I said, the evolution, the way the creature functions, it's, God, it's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's also, like, talking about all this just makes me think when Ridley Scott put forth the very first film in this franchise, You like, I just know he had all these crazy ideas for where, he, like, he had all these different ideas that he wanted to take this whole concept too, but he was only able to do this one horror movie. And as we've seen, like with Prometheus and Alien Covenant, he's back in, on the saddle again. He has the reins to this franchise yeah. and he can do whatever he wants. And he is. And so far I'm and enjoying I, it. A and lot. I know a lot of people didn't like Prometheus, but it's still such a solid piece of the story. Prome- my opinion is Prometheus is awesome. There's some, annoying things that the characters do that a lot of people just can't get over. But I think oh, the story okay. is great. That's my opinion. All right. so. <laughs> well, we can talk later about that because I'm kind right of on. curious. But so okay. not, not to bog on the episode because we could be on Prometheus for the rest of the night if we're not, care- if we're not right careful. On. Right on. So um, I'm going to jump over to my next pick. Sounds great. Um, I'm, it, this goes back to a classic. Uh, I'll get this one out of the way now is The Exorcist. Okay, awesome. The original. Um, surprisingly... 
this was actually a date movie. Um, <laughs> I was, when the original came out, I was obviously too young. Mm-hmm. But then later, um, man, I don't know, what, 2001 maybe? 2000, 2001, right around there. They re-released it in theaters. It was like the big collector's, like, director's cut version. And it was yeah. like a it was like a one-week only showing of The Exorcist um, with all this extra footage to it. It's amazing. Um, have you seen the director's cut? Have you seen the I've movie I've never as seen a whole? The Exorcist. I've seen it, or I've never seen the director's cut. I've seen the movie a long time ago, and it's just been so long. I don't remember a lot of it, but it's just one of those things. I watched it as a kid and just um, tell, tell me about it. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, The Exorcist, it's the, it's a little girl who gets possessed by right, the um, devil. Yeah. And, you know, she's basically become a demon herself and they call in a priest to perform an exorcism mm-hmm. and remove the devil or the demon from her. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically what an exorcism is. If you've seen other movies like The Exorcism of Emily Rose or like they've done exorcism type stuff with other movies. But one of the things that really gets me with this, like I said, these are all based on things that I'm scared of, right? Yeah. Movies, horror movies that deal with religion tend to be really scary for me. <laughs> Mostly because we don't have... You know, you can we can argue, hey, do you believe in aliens? No. Okay, so you don't buy into the movie. Or, hey, um, you know, I don't uh, I don't buy into ghosts. That's fine. Yeah. We can't, whether you buy into religion or not, I feel like everybody on this planet goes, I don't know how to think about this because I have no reference of proof. I have no reference. You know what I mean? Right like, yeah. we know what religion is. We have our beliefs about the existence of God and all the devil and all that stuff. But at the same time, we have this understanding that we don't understand. Mm -hmm. So when you're dealing with religion-based horror, that's usually, like, really terrifying because there's always this, like, it's like like this ancient, um, it's like this ancient deep-rooted, source material yeah. <laughs> that it's all pulled from. I mean, I feel like I'm stumbling over my words, but I think I'm explaining it right. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, so, I mean, there's just some great scenes, like when she, like, does her, like, spider walk down the stairs, <laughs> when she, you know, of there's some, um, the, the pea soup vomit, <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's famously people say that, you know, famously they used pea, pea soup, soup as to, the vomit, as yeah. the vomit, you know, when she was throwing up. The, there's... I've heard horror stories about uh, things happening on set. Okay, I was going to bring this up actually. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I don't what's know true or not. So I've heard just that there's a lot of very tragic events that just happened around the filming of this movie, where it's like crew members getting injured or like just set pieces getting damaged and stuff, and it's like this really weird thing where it's like these the Exorcist movies have kind of like a curse that surrounds them, which is super like just frightening um i think even the sequels have had weird occurrences happen i don't know yeah. i can't name any specifically I was no i've just heard things about, about you know there was one there one <coughs> specifically i heard and i don't remember if it's the original exorcist or one of the sequels offshoots yeah. or whatever or like exorcist the beginning maybe it was they okay. said that a fire broke out 
for no apparent reason, like there's no reason as to why it would have started, mm-hmm. and, you know, in the investigation, like why would a fire break out and like <laughs> lights going out when they're not supposed to, yeah. and, like just weird things. And that's where the religion yeah. stuff comes in. You know, like you're messing with stuff you shouldn't be messing with. Why are yeah. we telling this story? Mm-hmm. But, you know, and the exorcist was on the other night. Um, I was flipping channels and it was on and I was like, no, nah, you know what? I'll throw on the exorcist just because we're, we're prepping <laughs> yeah. for the show. Nice. No, you know what? I'm not going to throw on the exorcist. So, so I, I have two thoughts that I just, this whole conversation has brought up in me. One is they need to do a documentary about the filming of the exorcist and go through all these happenings. Cause I think that would be, or not a documentary. They've already done that. They've probably they, done. They need to do a th- theatrical film about these, oh, like a reenactment okay. of these. So, we all know we talked about Nosferatu earlier. I think you're going where my second point was going to be. But I, Keep they going. did they did a scripted film called Shadow of the Vampire, yes. which was about the making of Nosferatu and all the weird stuff that happened yes. when that movie was being shot. But but with uh, Shadow of the Vampire, the angle they take is that uh, Count Orlock, who's the main who's the vampire in Nosferatu, yeah. wasn't the actor playing him. Max Schreck, I believe his name was. The angle they take is that he is a real vampire. That the yeah. crew found this guy who fits the bill for exactly what they wanted the look of the character to be, but they don't know that he's literally a real vampire. Right. <laughs> and there's parts in the movie where he, like, a bird's flying above him, and he just reaches up and grabs the bird really fast, and then he starts sucking the bird's blood, and he's talking to some of the crew members, and the crew members just chalk it up to method acting. They're like, man, he's just really committed to this role <laughs> right. and stuff like that. What's right. crazy, though, is... But uh, no, doing a movie like that for The Exorcist would be... Yeah. That'd be... That I honestly wonder how hard of a sit that would be to watch. Yeah. Not not because it would be a bad movie, but because you know the subject matter, but now we're talking about the real, real subject events. matter. And then like, you know. seeing which movie holds up as being scarier and not. So, I mean, yeah. uh, what's cool is, just to go back to Nosferatu really quick, we were talking about it earlier and it not being that scary. So I actually watched Nosferatu and Shadow of the Vampire for the first time, like, pretty close to each other and watching shadow of the vampire actually makes nosferatu a scarier movie because it just like makes it all feel more real and especially the end of nosferatu ends with him draining the blood off out of this female victim and according to shadow of the vampire that was really a woman who died (laughs) like according to that movie so it just made the whole thing way more frightening yeah well Bizarrely, The Exorcist ended up being a date movie. Honestly, I don't know what I was thinking, but hey, she curled up my lap because it was terrifying. So, um, <laughs> nice. uh, go ahead, your next pick. Okay, so my next pick, I feel like we might match, is Scream. Yes, I was actually going to save this to the end to discuss, but no, let's oh, talk about fine. Scream. Okay, no, so go ahead. I really like Scream. Um, I don't know that the movie scares me at all, but I think. I love the way it's written so much that I just have to pick it because it's really what it is is I feel like it was a really hardcore horror nerd sat down and made a movie that is a horror movie while being about horror movies and making commentary on horror movies. Like, it's so meta, and through the movie, whether it's the characters in the movie or if it's the killer quizzing characters before killing them... There's all this trivia going on constantly. Um, it's just really interesting the way it's written. Um, I don't know what all to say about it. I mean, so, what do you think? So since we actually matched this, and this is the one that I was expecting us to match. Okay. Okay. 
This movie has this like really special place in my heart for some reason in terms of scary movies. Okay. And like you said, it's not that scary of a movie. <laughs> right on. But in terms of what the movie was trying to do is it's this really special thing. Like mm-hmm. it ended up being like this really like magical movie in terms of how special it is for the genre. Mm-hmm. It's basically a slasher movie. You know, the standard, you have a killer out there killing people and everyone's trying to figure out who it is, the mystery behind who the killer is. And while you're trying to figure that out, people are dying. On top of that, they're going to make fun. They poke fun at the entire genre of horror movies. So it's all the cliche stuff. The girl runs up the stairs. We know it's a cliche. They do it anyway. (laughs) But they poke fun at the fact that that happened. You have a character in the movie um, who is a film geek. He's just yeah. a film nerd like we are. You know, he'd be running his own podcast if, you know, <laughs> if Scream was a thing. For sure, if, yeah. if they made a Scream today, I guarantee he has his own podcast. Well, they've kind um, of done that with the show. I don't know if you've watched the Scream I have MTV not watched show. the Scream show. It's actually pretty good. Okay. I, I've watched it all. It's awesome. Um, right. The first season takes a little bit to get into because there's a couple characters who I found very annoying. But once they're killed off, the show gets a lot better. <laughs> All <laughs> <So>. right. <laughs> Anyways, keep going. Right on. Well, no, like, so, and he's just a film nerd, and he's, you know, when all the murders are happening, he's trying to explain to everybody, he's like, look, no, we're living in a horror movie, and mm-hmm. there's rules to this. And he has a rule for the movies. Like, there's, like, three mo- three rules yeah. as to how you survive a horror film. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the Scream 2, well, it's a sequel, right? So he has the sequel rules on how to survive the horror sequel. Yep. And, you know, and then as the series progresses all the way up to Scream 4, it's the same thing. He's got rules to survive yeah. everything. And it's really funny because not only does he have these rules, you see characters break them. Yeah. You know, and then suddenly... And I, I love how, uh, like, Scream 3 has rules for the third movie in a horror film. And then the fourth right. one has, has rules for the... Kind of not, I don't want to say reboot, but the revival of an old horror genre where they're like, this movie, it's going to turn everything, or, you know, this time everything gets turned right. on its end. And, and, that's, and that's a comedic side of it. Yeah. But at the core, it's simply just a horror movie. Yes. The opening of Scream, the very opening scene of Scream, where Drew Barrymore is at home, phone rings, killer's on the phone, and they have that conversation. Drew Barrymore should have been nominated for an Oscar for that scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it didn't happen, but her performance in that was so amazing. Um, the gore effects weren't the best, but that mm-hmm. was filmmaking at its time. But that whole opening sequence, I mean, what a bold way of opening a movie. Yeah. Like, you knew what movie you were in for when that movie oh, yeah, starts. Like, sure. you know what's going on. Um, they make a joke in one of the other movies about how you have to have an opening sequence. Um, <laughs> right. but, uh, this movie, like it was such a good, God, I, I can't even yeah. praise that. I can't even praise that opening sequence enough, mm-hmm. but I just love this movie. And like I said, it's not that scary. It just has this really special place you, in my heart. You, you for... did mention the gore though. Cause I always like, maybe some of the gore and blood isn't the most believable, but I always saw this movie as just being about kind of the turning not only turning the horror genre on its head, but also just the mystery involved in it. Because every each Scream movie has a big mystery about who's the killer, what's their motivation, all that. Yeah. And that's always like kind of what keeps you intrigued throughout the whole thing. Um, and yeah, I just I just love it. I also just love the meta sort of 
talking about other horror movies within within the movie because yes. certain things are brought up and it makes me think of other movies while watching Scream and it just kind of gives me like a warm remembrance of you know oh they're talking about my, Nightmare on Elm Street or they're talking about Friday the 13th yeah. and it's just super fun yeah so. like there's that one rule where he's like whatever you do never say I'll be back because you won't be <laughs> you won't be back right and then later the guy makes a joke he's like I'll be back and then sure enough that's when he dies you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean exactly. so <laughs> Um, another kind of cool tidbit I like is uh, I like in Scream a lot to the movie Clerks because it's kind of similar in the way that it's characters in a movie talking about movies. Oh, if, you know, right. like before Clerks, like before Kevin Smith did Clerks, not a lot of movies no. reference movies within them. And that's kind of what Scream does a lot, but specifically for horror movies. So in the party scene in the first Scream, they show a close-up shot of the uh, VCR that's playing, I think, Halloween at the time. And in behind the VCR, there's actually a Clerks VHS tape back there. And I always thought oh. that was kind of a cool little Easter egg. So That's a weird Easter yeah. egg because of the, you know, because of the idea of the reference. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't know if that's like... the I don't know if that was like Wes Craven, like, oh, I've got to put a Clerks reference in, or if that's like... Both movies were Miramax well, produced, and that's it, it was could something be, they put. You know, in there. it could be a little bit of both because yeah. in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, they <laughs> have that bit where they go to the set of like whatever Scream movie they're yeah. shooting, and you know what I mean. Yeah, so they like, make some jokes. <laughs> Scream then, four or five, and, and it was like it was really like Suzanne the monkey was the killer. Yeah, or but then like one of the actual, I think it's Scream three. Jay and Silent Bob are in it. They yeah. walk in the background. Mm -hmm. So you know. It's it's that idea of understanding what it's. How about this? You create a movie. You have rules for your movie. Okay, isolated, just beginning to end of the movie, opening credits to closing credits. There are rules yeah. that you're creating for the story you're telling, and you follow those rules. That's awesome. That's what we all want to happen with all these movies. Mm -hmm. So, right on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, let's move on from Scream because same thing. This whole podcast could be about it if we don't. Yeah. You know. I guess um, that would be my next pick then. Yes, because right? we matched so go ahead so we talked about a, a lot about sam raimi so far and i'm gonna talk about him again because <laughs> sweet the next movie on my list is evil dead 2 so i really enjoy the evil dead movies i think they're a hilarious um i will also, agree that evil dead 2 is the best of the yes, three so that's what i was gonna say is it's really hard to narrow down for a while is actually the first one on my list <laughs> but i think the first one goes for fear, and I think it wasn't necessarily received that way as much. So that's why, like, Sam Raimi went into the second movie and, like, well, I'm just going to make a horror comedy and almost make a parody of my first movie this time. Um, but I think the second one has, like, some of the coolest imagery as well. Like, there's a lot of really cool crazy creature effects and gore effects, and it just sets up the whole uh, army of darkness, the, entry, the entrance into the next movie, the army of darkness in the end. Um... I don't really know what all to say about this besides going through the plot, but I just think that. Uh, and we don't we don't have to spend we don't have to go through right. the plot of every movie we right talk on, about. Yeah. So, but I mean, I feel like everybody, <laughs> most people, I feel know the Evil Dead series as a whole. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, one really funny tidbit with this is uh, I think I want to say Greg Nicotero, but I'm not sure. But Greg Nicotero, who's kind of of uh, Walking Dead fame right now, like he did most of the special effects on Walking Dead as far as, like, zombie makeup and stuff. I think he was involved in Evil Dead 2 because I have it on DVD, and one of the special features, they had all of the makeup effects guys doing kind of, like, their own little documentary about the making of Evil Dead. And I thought it was really funny because 
a lot of these guys, which I think Greg Nicotero was one of them, they were talking about how they were brought onto Evil Dead 2, and they thought it was going to have the same tone as the first movie, which the first oh. movie goes all out for horror, and Evil Dead 2 is a very, very sarcastic sort of, like, slapstick comedy. Yeah. And so they were going into it, and they did all these effects, and they were expecting them to be shot very serious and gruesome and dark and scary. And then Sam Raimi came in, and he was like, oh, no, this is going to be hilarious. And he shoots, like, these <laughs> right. weird, like, Three Stooges gags and stuff like that. Um, there's one part where uh, Ash, is, uh, Ash is the main character. His dead girlfriend's body um, attacks him with a chainsaw. And I guess Sam Raimi on set was calling that dead body the Muppet, where like the special <laughs> effects artist is like, oh, this is going to be so scary. It's a decapitated body attacking him with a chainsaw. And then Sam Raimi's like, all right, bring the Muppet on set. This is going to be awesome. Um, right. And there's another, I, I mentioned Three Stooges uh, gags, and that's another one is there's, I guess there's a Three Stooges gag where it's something to do with like, a grape flying and landing in somebody's mouth like it's just like a stupid three stooges thing yeah. and sam raimi literally recreated that gag but it was just an eyeball that yeah. lands in ash's mouth or something like some that. of the so, gore some of the gore in the evil dead like the first evil dead the gore was that was rough like it was mm -hmm. really gross by the way if you haven't watched the evil dead series all these all the gore and stuff, it's all practical effects. Yeah. There's no CGI. This existed long before CGI, so it's practical effects, stop motion, that kind of yes. stuff. So it's even, it's way more disgusting in my opinion. Yeah. Um, that's the, I, I'm actually glad you brought that up because that's a big part of like why I love these movies is just the practical effects. I just love the aesthetic of just kind of like, they use rubber and they use stop motion and they use just kind of all these weird things to make gory right. scenes and but then that, that translated into the show there mm -hmm. wasn't there's some parts where it has to be cg and it's understandably why yeah. but they do as much practical effects as they can mm -hmm. so yeah <laughs> that's all right. about all i got to say yeah, about no, it, so, yeah. that's that's a great pick mm. um all right so i'm trying to decide which to give you next um all right so i'm gonna go with event horizon cool have you ever seen this I've like I've seen it. It's one of those things I saw in high school with a group of friends, and we talked all the way through it. And I've oh, kind of been wanting dude. to rewatch it again. <laughs> dude, no. All right. So, Event Horizon. This is a space horror film. Mm -hmm. I feel like when this movie was coming out, there was so much like ramp up for it. Like HBO kept running these like making ofs and like all kinds of stuff. So I saw a lot of footage before I actually saw the movie, and I was really excited to see it. I did not know how scary this movie was going to be when I was watching it. Like, mm -hmm. it's unnerving. Not only just on the jump scares, but on the psychologically un scary. Um, it's <sighs> basis, basic story synopsis. The space program at the time has created this ship that has found a way to... Um, there's a lot of quantum mechanics talk early in the movie because they're trying to explain how the new, like... I guess you could say warp drive or whatever, like yeah. whatever they're going to, the, the special tech they're going to use to get the ship to go faster than anything right, okay. gone before in a new parts of the universe that they've never explored. And so they cover that, but the ship goes on its maiden voyage, activates the drive and disappears. And then like 70 years later, it shows up out by Neptune and they send a rescue crew out to go investigate. And there's no crew on board. 
and like well, what happened to the crew and then they find like tapes they find like the the cap the ship's log or whatever and it's some video footage of some really this gross is cool. disturbing this is, yeah really gross disturbing stuff that was going on on the ship and I've actually someone told me to freeze frame and do frame by frame that there's some nasty nasty stuff that was going on because the clip is super fast and you can't see a lot of it yeah but if you frame by frame it it's just insanely disgusting yeah. And then later on, there's a couple other spots where, like, freeze frame it. And, you know, you go through that kind of thing, too. But, um... This... Go do ahead. Do you mind if I stop you? No, go okay, ahead. This is kind of like... I've mentioned aliens, like, gothic horror in space. This sounds like the same sort of thing where, like, I just... I'm really sold on it so far because the story you're telling is, like, yeah, it takes place in space with technology and all that. But it could take place in a mansion on an island and they right. find somebody's journals or something like that. Right. And I love that concept. And where alien... You're on a spaceship with a creature, yeah. and you can only run so far. This, you're on a spaceship that you don't know where the spaceship has gone before. And theoretically, one of the guys says, well, the spaceship went to hell. Like, that's where they went, like, interdimensionally found a way to get to hell and back. You know what right I mean? On. You don't really know if that's the truth. But what you do know is that at the end of the movie, how about this? When the movie's over and you turn it off and you're in your house... You're stuck in the dark in your house. <laughs> um, I remember finishing the movie. Um, it was me and our brother Scott watched the movie together for the first time. At the end of the movie, we didn't, we weren't like scared, but like credits roll and we're like, dude, that was awesome. <laughs> and then we turned off the TV and we realized we were in the dark in our house. <laughs> and then we were like, all right, well, I guess I'll see you in the morning and go in to go to bed. And we saw that the basement light was still on. And I thought to myself, that's going to wait yeah. till tomorrow. <laughs> I am not going downstairs to turn off that basement mm-hmm. light. So, um, I, you really need to see this movie. I really um, want to watch it. Um, this is this is a movie that every time we start talking horror movies, like in a group of people, someone always brings up Event Horizon. Okay. Um, and in terms of a cast, it's Sam Neill, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, there's a, those are the two big ones. Uh, Kathleen Quinlan's in it. But those are probably the three biggest cast members. Everyone in the movie will recognize from other things. Nice. But those are the big names. So I uh, When we did the video game episode, uh, the video game movies episode, yeah. um, I was thinking about the Resident Evil movies. So I was looking at IMDb, and I saw that Paul W.S. Anderson, who did yeah. Resident Evil, also directed this movie. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. But it kind of brought it back to the top of the stack in my head of things I need to watch. So, yeah, I definitely yeah, am going to try to check this out as soon as you possible. You need to see that. So. Yeah. Nice. Um, on to my yeah, next pick. Yeah, we're so, out of two picks each. So My next pick is The Shining. Oh, so, the original, not yes. the made-for-TV? Yes, the original. <laughs> um, so earlier you were talking about environments scare you, and I think when you watch this movie, I think one of the biggest points of tension comes from the fact that it's about this family who's who's watching over this hotel during the winter and it's very isolated it's up in the mountains but not only that is the hotel like every room it shows the characters in is just expansive and you can just imagine this like very unsettling feeling of isolation if you were one of those peoples in this one of the characters in this movie living there uh this movie i think scares me more than any other movie on my list and uh when you're asking me what things really scare you and I said it's a lot of the psychological things but it's also a lot of those like human horrors of like how evil like a human can become and I think 
to me the shining because when it, when you boil it down it's about a man going crazy and murdering his family like that scares me more than anything and like the right. idea that like could that happen to me could that happen to somebody i know like this is a real thing that happens all the time but it's also like it just this movie right. does such a good job it's uh stanley kubrick directed it and pretty much everything in the movie he did to kind of give you an unsettling feeling um when you watch the movie there's not a lot of jump scares everything's it's, unsettling in this movie. yes yes there, everything's unsettling there's not a lot of jump scares in this movie it's very uh just environmental but it just really like brings this kind of just like kind of psychological horror home right. for you. Now, I'm going to... Yeah. <laughs> I, I've talked a lot about Ready Player One. Right on. But I'm bringing this up because the shining sequence yeah. in Ready Player One. Um, everything <laughs> you said, I 100% agree with yeah. about the movie, so I don't know what else to say. To <laughs> right on, right up. on. But Ready Player One, when they went to The Shining, when they did The Shining sequence in that movie, I was sitting in my seat in the theater going... Are we really doing this? <laughs> right on, yeah. Or how far is this gonna go? And I don't know how I feel about this. Right, you know yeah. what I mean? I was unnerved when they started the sequence. Yeah. Um, and then it, you know, so how'd, how'd that play? Oh, I, I think the movie, <laughs> when I saw it, it wasn't like, in Ready Player One, I thought it was just more of a fun take on oh, it. Oh, no, so it was it, definitely a fun yeah, take, yeah. but when it started, I was what, like, what are we that, doing? Because when you first see that they're in the Overlook Hotel, you do kind of get that, like, oh, crap, what's going to happen? And that's but the then, thing, like, because in the movie, they're like, we're going to, you know, we're going to go do the movie, yeah. and you don't think to yourself, oh, no, 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 they're going into <laughs> the movie, and they're in the hotel, and you're just like, ah, uh, yeah. and then they walk down the hallway with the twins, and I'm like, okay, what is actually... <laughs> How far is this yes. movie going to go? So um, One of the things that I do think is amazing, and this is actually kind of more comedic, too, about that this movie does, is the, I mentioned there's not a lot of jump scares, but there's a couple parts of the movie that have made me jump while watching it, and it's parts of the movie where uh, the movie does such a good job of putting you into like this environment it creates. It brings you into the setting so much that there's a couple parts of the movie where the screen goes black and white lettering comes across the screen and it'll say something like Tuesday or it'll say like 4.30 p.m. and I swear those parts make me jump and like Stanley Kubrick's a genius because he made me jump at seeing the word Tuesday but that's just <laughs> how good this movie is. So. Right on. Um, all right, I'm going to move to... Um, all right, before I do my second pick, before I do my next pick, I mean, I'm going to... I need to talk about one movie because you mentioned the things that make you jump. Yes. Um, did you ever see a movie called Mimic? Yes, I have. Right, it, I made, love that movie. it made my short list. It's basically giant bugs eating people. Yeah. Right? Okay, so there's but it's, some, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that, <laughs> and I, I'd rather focus on the list, but I need yes. to talk about this for a minute because you mentioned the scares. These giant bugs are eating people, and here's what we got going on. So the filmmaker did a really nice job of... You know who directed that, right? No. Guillermo del Toro. Did he really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I, you know, that was probably before I... When I saw that movie, yeah, I, I think probably it's before wasn't he paying was attention like the household totally. name that yeah, it is sure. today, but... So there's a lot of things where the camera changes angle mm -hmm. and you jump. Yeah. From the angle change. Like, it's just, he changed, like, the character turns around and you jump in your seat. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's some jump scares where there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason for the jump scare. But you're like, oh my god, like, what's there? And there's nothing. It's just, he just changed camera <laughs> angle. There's a scene in the movie where the tension was building. <clears throat> now, I watched the movie for the first time with our dad. 
Mm-hmm. He is, I was like kind of half laying on the couch that was angled towards the TV and he's sitting in the chair kind of kitty corner from where I'm standing, sitting and the tension is building and he tosses a magazine on me. <laughs> now this is a movie about giant bugs. Yes. And we all know what a bug, like if you have lots of bugs, what they sound like flying in the air, like a bee passes your ear or something. Now imagine a whole bunch of them at once or like, you know, uh, locusts and like, you know, that kind of sound. And then know what a magazine sounds flying through the air. And then in the middle of the movie, this magazine lands on you. (laughs) (laughs) I've never jumped higher in my entire life. And bizarrely, because of that moment, that's one of those like scary movies that I always like to refer to when I'm like, what's the scariest movie you've ever seen? Yeah. Always Mimic always comes up in my thoughts. Mm -hmm. So Mimic's an awesome movie. I mentioned it's so much more than that because Guillermo del Toro does this really good thing with the horror movies that he's done where it's, yeah, it's a movie about giant bugs eating people, but it's also a movie that's actually about a woman like finding her way back to her religion, like her religious yeah. beliefs. And I just love that Guillermo del Toro always does those like really putting deeper themes or a deep deeper story behind the you know behind the. He the tries. He tries telling human people. morality tales exactly, exactly in these horror films. Mm-hmm. So and that's yeah. That's definitely a great that's, pick. That's not, and that's on your why. List. <laughs> so, like a movie that didn't make my list, as Del Toro directed, is Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, because I couldn't decide if I count it as a horror film or not. Yeah, because it's really not. I can't tell if it's an adventure <laughs> film or a horror film or yeah. it's just a standard foreign film that has disturbing imagery. I'm like, I don't really know how to classify it. It's such that's an amazing true. movie, but I'm like, I can't even cons- like. I made my short list, but I was like, I don't even know if this counts. Yeah, exactly. So, Anyway, all right, so my second pick that we're going to talk about is Dawn of the Dead, the remake. Oh, awesome. Um, look, George Romero creating Land, uh, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and like doing the Zombie movies was great. This remake um, by Zack Snyder um, really, to me, kind of elevated it. And I know a lot of people rave about the remake, um, but I like this movie. The people It's a zombie film, so mm-hmm. people getting trapped in the mall, zombie apocalypse is going on. And I'll tell you, after watching this movie, I'm going to go get myself trapped in a mall <laughs> uh, for various reasons. One, there's a lot of supplies in a okay, mall. Yeah. There's clothes. You hit the sports store. You get, like, you can get padded up with, like, you know, you get the hockey pads, you know. Like, yeah. there's a lot of, like, supplies at a mall, and then you have the whole <laughs> food court to kind of, like, pillage through for a little bit while you figure out your next move. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... And but one of the things that they did with the remake of Dawn of the Dead was they made the zombies run, which you know you watch Walking Dead, the zombies aren't running; they're very slow moving, and it comes down to num. It's a numbers game, mm-hmm. so if there's too many, you're trapped and you're not going to make it out. Um, so that dumpster scene with Glenn, I still say bullshit. Um, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm with that being said, um, this movie specific, if you make the zombies run. You have to run. You can't take your time, and yeah. that's and that that was crazy. Like when they first started running, the the speed at which the virus, the virus, we don't even really know what it is. Whatever turns them into the zombies, the speed yeah. at which it does that is insane. So, um, yeah, no, I I just loved Dawn of the Dead. It's one of my, it's also a go to zombie movie for me. Yeah, too. like if I'm gonna just watch it, it's like a one shot zombie movie. This is one that I always yeah. Refer to no, I think it's a great pick. It's definitely a really fun watch. I uh, 
I want to go a little bit into spoiler territory, but the ending of the movie, if I remember correctly, kind of has a found footage ending it does. almost. It does. It's and almost like a bonus It's like a credit scene, scene yeah. type but it, thing. Yeah, exactly. It is, I think it is a scene during the credits, but it's kind there's of like... There's like three or four. If you watch the credits, there's like three okay. or four because they like... Because they at the end of the movie, to spoil this, I mean, it's a zombie, <laughs> it's a zombie movie, so either people are going to die or they're going to survive. Some of them get on a boat. Yep. Okay, and they're off on the boat, and they pull up, and then and during the credits, so they leave and they're on the boat. When they're during the credits, they dock at an island, and there's mm-hmm. zombies on the island. Yep, and that's what I love. And then to they that leave, and then of, they go somewhere else, and there's you know what yeah. I mean. So. And I love that sort of like their winning solution is we're going to go to this island. And then they get there, and it's it's a loss for them. Like there's, you are just not safe from the zombies at this point in the movie. So I just loved that uh, ending for it. It's definitely keeps the fear going after you watch the movie. It so. also is also probably the most disturbing thing. So one of like, all right, two disturbing sequences in the movie that really get me is the little girl at the beginning down oh, the hall, yeah. down the hallway. That one really gets me, and it's not even that like the couple. That's not even their kid. That's the neighbor's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so that sequence, and then the scene with the pregnant woman. Yeah, okay. I thought who's this was coming the, up. The pregnant woman who's not turned into a zombie yet, but her child has, that the unborn child has, like... Wow, that was that was a really squirmy, like, in my seat, I don't know how to handle this kind of thing. So. Yeah. I mean, you see it coming, too. Like, the whole thing's played out. Like, you know it's going to happen, but... Yeah, yeah it still sticks with you, though. Yeah, there's some things <laughs> you just cannot unsee. So... Nice. No, Dawn of the Dead. Check it out if you haven't watched it. It's amazing. <laughs> For sure. Uh, all right, go ahead, man. Okay, my last pick of my list is A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, the original I, I, one. Was, I was thinking if they were going to... If we were going to match one more movie, it would have been my last pick, but go ahead. Okay. So, um, so okay, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um... We were talking a lot about Scream a little bit ago. and uh, This is the original? Yes, yeah. the original. Um, Wes Craven directed Scream, and he had a lot of kind of like aspects of it to turn horror on his head. But if you actually go previously into his career, he actually did a lot of stuff in Nightmare on Elm Street to kind of like turn the horror movie on, the, on his head because the movie is about Freddy Krueger, who is a slasher character. He's, you know, a murdering mos- monster who can only kill you in your dreams. So throughout the movie, there's the parts of the movie where you don't know if it's a dream or if it's really happening. And I think that whole aspect, and that even plays out through the end of the film, yeah. and that whole aspect kind of just turned the whole thing on its head. If you follow the series, by the time you get to the seventh one, the seventh one is actually about the woman who was in the the actress who played the main character in A Nightmare on Elm Street not being able to get over the fear of the fictitious <laughs> character. And it's like it's like these really meta concepts that I think kind of fully blossomed in the movie Scream, but I think they kind of you can kind of see them, you know, starting to bloom back right. in one Nightmare on Elm Street was made. Something about the Freddy Krueger movies I find very just chilling. Um and it goes a lot with environments that uh, you've mentioned before. Like, there's a lot of sequences in all these movies where somebody is having a nightmare, and they're in like these weird industrial buildings and walking down hallways, and they've got this weird like '80s like really dark like synth music in the background, and something about that whole um, environment they create with all that really creates the feeling of a nightmare. I think, and I think right. watching these movies, I get kind of 
a lot of chills more than a lot of other horror movies. Um, another kind of funny story with Nightmare on Elm Street is uh, I had a friend as a kid, and I think everybody's got that friend who's kind of like the bad friend. Like it's like the your one friend who kind of like tries to break a lot of the rules and stuff. And sure. I had one friend as a kid who was having he was you know that friend for me, and he had a big sleepover birthday party with, and I was invited, and all our other friends were invited. And what we were going to do is marathon all the Nightmare on Elm Street's movies. Now, so keep in mind, I'm probably seven or eight at this age, like much <laughs> too young to be watching this stuff. And I remember watching it and then coming home. And I think my parents talked to some of my other friends' parents. So the parents already knew what we were doing. So then when I had, came home, I had to like fess up to the fact that we were watching these horrible films. And it was just kind of a funny <laughs> thing. Like, I remember my parents like, what do you do over at your friend's house? I'm like, oh, just watch movies and stuff. And they're like, what movies did you watch? And I had like a second where I was like, should I lie and say we're watching Aladdin or something? I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm just going to tell the truth. They probably already know. And so I had to fess up to it. But yeah, I just really enjoy the series. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it at all. or Not anything that you haven't already said because yeah. I mean they're just really good movies I mean eventually you get to Freddy versus Jason and then you, you know what I mean <laughs> yeah so but um, I, I do like that it's a series that has its serious moments but it has a lot of that comedy in it too so. I do in terms of the slasher movies Nightmare on Elm Street Friday the 13th Halloween I've always preferred Nightmare on Elm Street over all the other ones yeah so I always just thought Freddy Krueger was the better villain yeah that comes back to that psychological thing that we've talked about Mm -hmm. tonight so for for me a lot of it comes down to uh like the creativity of like what he can do like because he's in your dreams so he can literally do anything and it leads to a lot of like crazy gross out makeup effects I know there's one uh Nightmare on Elm Street movie where he's both like a superhero and he has like a Freddy Krueger video game that kids are in. Like crazy stuff can happen. But I also just love that Freddy Krueger, as opposed to other slasher villains, Freddy Krueger has a lot of personality. And like even though some of his dialogue and stuff in these movies is really corny, he has like a really you know boisterous personality right. that he puts out there. So right. All right. What's, uh, what's your last pick? So my last pick of the night is Cabin in the Woods. Nice. Okay, this almost made my list, actually. Yeah, so... This was, if you said Alien was more of a sci-fi movie than horror, I was going to replace it with Cabin in the Woods. Oh, so. yeah, no, Alien counts all straight up. But no, <laughs> Cabin in the Woods, this movie... Ryan, have you seen this movie? Ryan, do you watch movies? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan shook his head both times. Um <laughs> Do you, real quick, Ryan, just a head nod if you want. Do you watch horror movies at all? Or Okay, yes, Ryan watches horror movies. Um, <laughs> this movie is every horror movie you've ever seen, ever, rolled into one horror movie. <laughs> and yeah. it's handled so brilliantly. Um, I, uh, the, it's... From the opening scene of like, so first off, you don't have any clue what's going on when the movie opens, and then basically, this, it primarily these kids go to a cabin. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're just gonna go camping at this cabin, and then turns out that they're gonna get eaten by zombies. But there's like a puzzle aspect as to what's actually yeah. gonna kill them. It could be zombies. It could be, you know. And then you find out that there's all these other monsters that didn't weren't a part of it because of this exactly. underground governmental agency yeah. that's trying to keep this like demigod like at bay yes. so it doesn't destroy the universe. Yeah. Like it's basically like the agency has to sacrifice like 
teenagers. And I, if I remember correctly, there's even like certain roles that had to be kind of met where they had to like yeah. sacrifice like the Jack and like the stoner guy and stuff like that. Right. Um, and exactly. And there was, it's really interesting. It plays off on a lot of the tropes that the Scream movies, you yeah. know, did. So the Scream movies, they created the rules for horror movies. This basically said, oh, look, they figured out all the rules of what a horror movie is in these screen movies. We should go make this movie and expound on that yeah. and show how all these mo- how all these rules are broken and how they're dealt with and so on. Yeah. What I love about it is at the end when all the monsters get released, it's almost as if Cabin in the Woods takes every horror film in the history of <laughs> Hollywood that's ever been made and says it's all canon. Yes. Like it's all one giant horror movie continuity. <laughs> And the only reason we can see that is because of this. And I walked away from Cabin in the Woods thinking, you can never make a good horror movie again because of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like they basically, like, broke the genre. Yeah. And now all horror movies are going to suck because of this one movie. <laughs> <laughs> it does have that horror movie to end all horror movies vibe to right. it. Right. Um, I do have a question for you. By the because- way, it, Thor is in this. <coughs> Chris before, Hemsworth. Before, yeah. like, so this movie was actually shot before Thor came out and then it was put on hold because he got cast as Thor and they didn't want this movie to downplay him as an actor before Thor released and then after the success of Thor they realized they could sell the movie because Chris Hemsworth is in the movie so then they released Cabin in the Woods. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I do have a question for you and I've had a debate about this movie with other people about Cabin in the Woods. I don't have much to say else on Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so... It's shown that there's, like, two groups of people in the movie. There's the teenagers, and then there's the underground people in the government facility yeah. who are monitoring the teenagers, and they're the ones who are throwing, like, the zombies at them and the different characters who oh are trying God. to kill the kids. So, hold on real quick. Yeah. Get, we'll get back to your no, question no, in a second, because you just reminded me of this. So, there's a scene where you don't know what's actually... So, the kids in the cabin, eventually, they find the basement, and in the basement are all these little trinkets. And depending on what trinket yeah. they decide to pick up, whether it's the book of the dead or whether it's the music box with the creepy ballerina in it or whether like (laughs) there's something that triggers the monster that they're going to have to deal with in the cabin there's a scene where the people in the government agency are watching on the cameras and they have a poll going as to what monster is going to kill the kids (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) it was brilliant anyway go ahead no it was it was that actually, I actually forgot about that until you mentioned like, it, it, but it I love that It was brilliant that yeah. they did that. So they're monitoring these kids, and they're the ones who, based on what the kids do, triggers what monsters they're going to sick yeah. on the kids, essentially. And they're filming the whole thing. Now, are they editing that film together, That the footage they take, are they editing together and releasing it as horror movies? Because to me, oh my when, God. I watched the, when I watched the movie, I was like, well, of course they're editing this and putting it out as horror movies, and that's what funds... The base that. Oh my god! You never thought of this. No, I okay, never so I've thought had, that. I've had deep. this debate with people like whether they're releasing these movies or it's just something that's happening. So, so they get kids. They get a group of kids who fits every genre. You have the stoner kid. You have the jock kid. You have the popular girl who's the slut. You have the girl who's like <laughs> still shy and doesn't know how to deal with herself mm-hmm. sexually. And then you have the you have the guy that's clearly going to fall in love with her. So the love interest. And you you basically have all your click versions of everybody yep. all the you know, horror movie yeah, tropes someone someone has yeah. to be a hipster you have every all the stereotypes covered and then they go to this cabin and they're all gonna die based on whatever horror they trigger looking around mm-hmm. in the basement 
the government agency then films all this, puts it together, and releases it a horror film. The fun that, of their that's bit, kind like, of like what I put together in my head. That just makes it. it so much more so, like and, and that. Just takes of, it much deeper. <laughs> I want to watch Cabin in the Woods now. <laughs> so, so another aspect that kind of led me to believe this is they showed that there's these facilities in other countries. So they actually show the Japanese yeah. people doing this and the Japanese facility has like your sort of ring-esque Samara sort of ghost character haunting the kids and I was like okay so they have a different kind of monsters from different folklore and they're releasing different movies that are made from these but since oh it's repeated God. over since this process is repeated over and over that explains like why these all these tropes exist in the horror movies so wow that's something I put that, together in my head but I that's don't know. amazing <laughs> what I almost want them to make another Cabin in the Woods where we get to see that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's, oh, my God. That's I want to go watch Cabin in the Woods now. <laughs> all right. So um, that's the end of both our lists. I think we've done it for the evening. Um, so this ends our Halloween talk. Lots of scary movie stuff. So we'll move on to our regular scheduled program next week. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Um, Peter, it'll be your pick for the lit. We, yep. we basically moved your pick aside to do a planned episode. So yep. what's your... Um, yeah, so next week, for no apparent reason, I want to do top five favorite disaster movies. Disaster yes. movies. Ooh. So, okay. and I don't know if we want to talk a little bit about rules, because I don't necessarily so have... all the movies that... This is the plot of all the movies we're going to discuss. I'm glad I wasn't standing there 30 seconds ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But, yeah, I mean, do you want to limit it to natural disasters, or should we just do anything? Well, it depends on what you consider a disaster. Like, right. Alien, I don't think can make I don't think list. so, either. Yeah, I think it has to so, have like a large amount of large large scale destruction yeah, we're exactly. talking volcanoes and, and twisters think, and you know sharknadoes i guess count i'd say um, anything <laughs> where, the, where the focus is large scale destruction like in man of steel we saw large scale destruction but that wasn't necessarily the focus of the movie so maybe no, that's, that's a good way to narrow so superhero it movies basically probably won't work exactly yeah you know um no natural or disaster movies actually yeah. sounds pretty cool yeah um yeah sweet i look forward to that all right, well, um, that brings us to one more episode in the bag. So let's close out for the night. Um, if you guys want to follow us, um, actually, no, subscribe to us. Hit us up on iTunes. Uh, leave us a review. We love the five stars, but please be honest. So <laughs> subscribe to us on iTunes. If you want to email us and interact with the show, uh, email us at top5report at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, um, not Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at top5report. Um, I am Drew. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, my name, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Drew3927 and Instagram Drew3927. I'm a little more active on Twitter, so uh, that's probably the better place to hit me up. Pete, you got anything? Go yeah, follow um, you anywhere. Follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And um, if you want to talk about more horror stuff, I love talking about this stuff. So yeah, hit me up. <laughs> Great. All right. So careful, everyone. This is the moment when the supposedly dead killer comes back to life for one last scare. <laughs> <laughs>